we're like going to bed at night and of course I'm not going to get into bed with Trevor. Like I realized it and it all, everything came crashing down on me in that one moment. I was like, why the fuck? I was mad because I was like, obviously I have to sleep with, I have to sleep with my dad for the same reason he can't even come up to my apartment. I was like, oh my God. Well, Sarvis, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience and yeah. really that's a oh, bit that's about so where you're from and what you do. What's yeah. your last name? Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to give us uh, so Persian of you, Millie. <laughs> I saw that poll, by the way. I answered it. But first I'll say I'm, my name's Savvy. I'm from New York. I'm living in Brooklyn. Um, been here for like... I would say like six, seven years now. Um, I'm originally from Boston, though. Um, and by Boston, I mean like I was raised by New Hampshire, but nobody knows the town I'm from, so I always say Boston. I, I hear a little bit of an accent. Really? I get yeah. that. And I'm so sh- surprised every time, but it must be true because everybody says it. I feel like it's when you say like with the word time, I hear it, because it's like time. Like, Drag it has down. an AI. Yeah. Well, what is the little oh. town? Who knows? Maybe we have a listener who's. who's yeah. Boxford. Boxford, Mass. <laughs> I love when we like meet Persians like who live in like buttfuck parts of America. Oh. So I, I recently uh, explained to someone who's not from America what like this slang of buttfuck. It's such a random thing to. Oh, like, you know, buttfuck oh, is just an LA slang. In New York, it's bu- uh, bumblefuck. Oh, okay. Uh, which I think makes even less sense. So this just means where... middle of nowhere. To yeah. Me, yeah. You don't know, like, but maybe, I mean, I don't think Boxford is middle of nowhere. I guess it's just... It this... is. No, you couldn't be more well, it's right. It's like near things, but it seems desolate, I guess. Like, it's near... It's, um, it doesn't have street lights, traffic lights. We have oh. one store. And oh, the okay. Store... That's, That's proper. But the thing is, it's like, it's not... It's not... Um, it's not like a, a dusty, like Western. I feel like when people, when I say that, people are picturing like little tin homes or something like that. It's it's very woodsy. It's like a, it's almost like a Stephen King novel. Like there's, it's just nobody's around. It's just thick forest. And we have like one store that's a bank. It's a diner. It's a grocery store. It's everything. How did your family end up there? If you don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we lived in other places in Massachusetts. We lived in like, Places like Wakefield, Norton. I don't know if those ring a bell, but um, they're definitely heard of. Really? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We lived other places, but like uh, Boxford. I guess I moved to when I was eight. But was there a reason that your parents? Because I don't know. I feel like Persians tend to want to stick to other Persians to keep mm-hmm. the culture alive, to keep yeah. like to f- basically feel like you haven't left Iran, even though you left mm-hmm. Iran. It's like, why did they choose a place where there were 
basically you like you said I think that you were the only Middle Eastern girl in well actually you know an answer to both these questions could be that we already knew one Persian family there or two yeah so they were part of the same family it was these two Persian brothers and I wouldn't say my dad is somebody who would just move somewhere because his friends were there but it was somewhat familiar to them um and for my parents and I'm sure your parents they were all about education and had heard so much about the school system in that in that area so they went for the school i think you know what's funny though you know what i realized from when i was a kid is that parents don't actually do that much research on school systems they just hear from a friend that like oh this is the best school for you to send your daughter and then like like my mom sent me to a private private school and then in first grade she decided to to, um send me to public school because her friends kept telling her you live in an area that has like the top public schools in america why are you paying so much for private school so my mom sent me to this one private school uh this one public school in great neck because she heard from her friends that it was the best yeah and then a month or two into me being there her friends told her that a different one was the best and she switched me out and sent me to the other one i'm like i'm like are you even doing research at all? Or are you just like <laughs> flip-flopping me around depending on what school this month your, your friend said was the best? Yeah. Like, That's the I was getting so confused. I'm like, where are you getting your research from? <laughs> yeah. That, that's a, that's like an oral history Angie's list that doesn't have a good user rating. <laughs> Which is like, my dad, thank God he did find Angie's list because I was so um, tired of having to deal with like construction people and people where I know nothing about the situation. I literally just have my dad being like, write email, write my email. And I'm like, can you give me, I don't know what's going on. What, what's, what's the dispute? <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, honestly, anywhere we would have gone in Massachusetts, I probably, there was a high chance of me being one or one of two max Persian kids, because that's just how Massachusetts or New England is, Mm -hmm. I would say, New England. And so what did you think of your uh, educational experience? Like, how was it? Um, It was definitely a good school. Like, I can see that now as an older person. I also actually, my parents also, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I, I also started at a private school because my parents had heard private school like you got to put your like kids there but it was a catholic school um and we just i stopped going to that school because we moved it wasn't like oh this private catholic school isn't working but i think the reason i bring it up is because that was the beginning of me not realizing that i'm not an irish catholic person like or or rather thinking that i'm an irish catholic person is what i mean like i didn't know i was in like Bible, I, everybody was freckly, like in the beginning in the private school at St. Patrick's, like I was obsessed with my religion class and these Bible stories. And I was like the best student at it. And I didn't realize it's not my religion. Like it's not, I didn't know. It's so cute and pure. Like, <laughs> I, know. I, was like, I love this. And all the other kids are probably like, this fucking sucks. Like I'm tired yeah, of worrying like, about this bullshit. Yeah, like they, they like, hate so me. <laughs> I thought church, like, I, w- I was like, look at the stained class windows and the singing. I, it was all about the singing because, like, I didn't know it then, but I was like, I was trying to be a star. 
I was like, this church is a stage. So that's how I saw it. Yeah, I I think, you know, I'm Jewish, but I find churches to be magical. Honestly, I think the singing think at fun. church I is go. so beautiful. beautiful. But the, the singing at synagogue is just one old, like, man, and he's really nasal, and he's like, and I'm like, oh my God, I've been listening to this for three hours and not be expected to not kill myself. Like, <laughs> And you're just bringing earplugs to synagogue. That's what I realized. Well, Judaism is all about <laughs> suffering. <so. laughs> and we're like, when can we jump in? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! So yeah, you gotta mix it up and go to church sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and what? Yeah, what I'm faith so- is your family? Honestly, like. We would be Muslim if we were to practice any religion, but we don't. We're not a religious family, like, at all. Um, so, like, and I but, and I know my parents are, like, spiritual. Like, my mom believes in God and stuff like that. But it's, like, you know, nobody My I didn't grow up with anybody praying, um, you know, several times a day or with anybody with hijab or, you know, we have alcohol from time to time, things like that. I, that's why I say, like, we're not, like, practicing Muslims. I think that's something I realized about Persians. A lot of people ask if my family's religious because sometimes I'll say my dad is very old fashioned. Right. My mom's not old fashioned though, but like she also didn't grow up in Iran. But when I say my dad's old fashioned, they're like, oh, is he religious? And I'm like, no, he's like almost basically agnostic. Yeah. He's just old fashioned because Persian culture tends mm-hmm. to be old fashioned culture. It's just part of the culture. It's not the religious aspect. Yes, they, it's hard for people to, because here the only reason seemingly anybody would be conservative is because of religion. Yeah. And they don't, they don't understand that concept until, you know, they, they meet people like us and we're able to like walk them through it. But yeah, people, I mean, the question, and look, like you guys say you're from LA too, which I can't tell you how jealous I am. Only from LA, yeah. Oh. I was born and raised in New York. Oh, oh okay. both, <laughs> both places though where I would be like lots of diversity jealous of that for sure I mean lots of diversity but both me and Millie grew up in communities where we mm-hmm. were the most common thing there is like even until today when I tell people I'm from Great Neck automatically they're like oh you're either Persian or Israeli and I'm like oh wow. well, actually I'm both Wow. Like it's literally the most basic thing you can be from my town. Wow. But yeah. I would say LA is a bit more, I mean, a lot more diverse than Great Neck because it is a city at the end of the day. So I, I, I wasn't really ever in a, I mean, neither were you. You weren't ever in a clique. But like Great Neck, it's like you're walking down the street. And I was just actually uh, met my cousin's uh, fiance today and she said she lived in Great Neck for a year and she said like she's not from there her family's not from there and you walk down the street and people will be like oh who are you like you know what I mean like you don't walk down the street in LA or like Beverly Hills where a lot of prisons are no one's gonna come up to you and say that but like Great Neck is that small like you walk down the street and it's like someone will call and be like oh I saw your daughter like why where is why is she wearing a jacket it's cold like no that's that's happened to me on multiple occasions it's really and like my mom will laugh at those people honestly my mom will call me and be like like don't worry I told them to go worry about their own children I'm like thank you because it's annoying like some people like what you really have no life that like you're calling my mom to tell her that I'm not wearing a jacket like 
That is like, I'm sorry. Like when you, I can't even believe it. it and I can't help but think it's, it's not so much the jacket. It's I told, I've, I think I've mentioned this multiple times on the podcast, but I got pulled over by a cop in Great Neck. And within 15 minutes, both my parents got phone calls <laughs> from someone they knew who saw no. me get pulled over. Oh, yeah. My. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even. I love that we're, get, we're, we're talking to each other because the people closest to me in my town, like actual physical proximity, the neighbors on either side of my house, and I've lived, our family has lived on our street the longest out of any other family over 20 years. We don't know anybody. They don't talk to us at all. That must be so nice. It's like grass is greener. This is why I'm like, oh, I love that I'm getting to talk to you guys because I want everything that you, everything that I feel like you guys had, even though of course you're telling me it's, you know, not exactly the experience I'm imagining. I always wanted what, you know, an experience like the one you guys had growing up. Well, I think it's interesting for us being me and Natalie growing up in these uh, communities. We are able to like, we define what being Persian is based on what we grew up around. So I'm curious for you not growing up. I mean, of course your family is, but like, how did you define what being Persian was for yourself? What does it mean to you? I mean, I'm going to be honest, having like a really strong concept of that didn't come into my life until I moved to New York and I went to school in New York. Um, I've, I needed to finish my degree. And I decided to do that while I was here in New York. And I feel like the curriculum, I went to the new school, by the way, which is like oh, very- Oh, I went to the new school. You're kidding. Yeah, oh. I used to record. <laughs> I, I loved, I was like, wow, I wish I went here from the time I was 18. But regardless, um, it wasn't until, you know, I was around you know, people who can roll their R's and people who are tanner than I am. And, you know, I can't, I'm trying to come up with these like ways of saying like different ways of saying diversity, really. It wasn't until I got here. And basically, you know, there was just a lot of readings and teachers. I never in my life had a teacher of color I think that to me was like a turning point, big time. Um, somebody who could point out the ways that, I mean, obviously racism is ingrained in everything, right? So of course it's gonna be ingrained in our education, right? Yeah. Um, and then, and I saw the ways that I had been made to feel, you know, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to talk about because I don't want to get emotional. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't feel good growing up where I grew up. Um, I think a lot of the time I think it's because I, I, I manifested that into a, a physical problem. Like I thought there was something wrong with like the way I looked physically. I thought was tough. Um, well, you're very beautiful. No oh. one can see this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> like no, eyes and eyebrows. Oh, you guys are so sweet. But it's, you know, you say eyebrows. I mean, that's such a good 
even jumping point for me because um, I'm, I'm like getting emotional, I'm floundering, but like I can latch on to even like eyebrow, right? Like that wasn't even, thick eyebrows weren't even popular to like freaking Cara Delevingne. You know, like Kardashians were not around when I was coming. I'm 31. Kardashians didn't come around until I was in college. Um, you know, like nobody liked, you know, I didn't feel like anybody thought I was beautiful. And I thought, you know, guys didn't ask me out because of that. Whether or not that was true, you know, I'm not a mind reader, but I assigned all these negative things, I think, to my identity. And it wasn't, and it wasn't obvious to me. Certain things were obvious to me and then certain things I learned at the new school. And I feel like I can say that my identity is as a Persian woman is much more formed and has a form here in New York. Um, just even the, by the fact that like I go by savvy now. You know, like I used to go by like Ashley, which is not a problem at all. Like there's nothing wrong with going by Ashley or anybody who wants to go by a different name but my name Savinaz was turned into servant ass or you know yeah like which is like god I just you know I wish they were better at bullying like that's not even good but like I I it's not that it's not that I wasn't proud of being Iranian it's more like I was constantly trying to avoid perceived like social obstacles or things that were going to hurt me. Like, I was like, I'm not going to even tell you what my name is. I'm going to tell you my name is Ashley. I'm not, I don't want to hear you struggle through my name. I don't want to see your facial expression. A name is a name. It doesn't need an opinion. And I would always get an opinion on my name and it would, would bother me. Do you know it's what so I mean? It's so interesting you talking about names and how people made a big deal out of your name. Cause we're, where I went to school in middle school and high school, like, you know, like the first day of class, like teachers read out all the names, all the teachers would like, would like make it a big deal kind of in a good way. No, 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 in a good way. If they pronounce a Persian name, right? Because they had so many Persian students over the years that they were like, no, 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 I got this. Watch me pronounce it right. I'm going to nail this name. So like, having a Persian name was never something to be made fun of because there were so many Persians, but the mm-hmm. teachers would like took pride in like their ability to get the okay. name right on the first try, which like okay. now that I think of it is kind of like a nice thing. It kind of put like a positive twist on like these difficult names. Like it makes me so upset that people like were so mean to you based on your name. Yeah. And I mean, like, look like, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, I didn't realize, honestly, that it was going to be this hard to talk about because I've written so much about it and I've, like, even joked around so much about it that I didn't think it was going to be this hard to articulate, like, the experience of of my growing up. But um, long story short, I'm so sorry for rambling, but I, I no, feel that's like... That's what podcasts are for. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> So true, but we created this podcast for our own personal therapy. Persian women to ramble. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. But even oh my god, uh, that senator. What was it last week? That senator David Perdue, like the way that he was like making fun of Kamala Harris's name. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught that. that because you know our news cycle is crazy these these days. But 
a lot of people started talking about it because basically he was like, what is it? A like, he was just like, first of all, he works with her. So he, I'm he knows how to pronounce the name. So he was just being a jerk and he was being racist and he was trying to draw attention to the fact that she's a woman of color and trying to make something negative out of it. And a lot of people, it started trending like on Twitter and stuff. Um, my name is like a hashtag and like, you know, people who had like Vietnamese names or any, any name that was like not American or European in any way, it, it started trending and I, I wrote something and I got so, cause I got so angry and I felt like, you know, honestly triggered, I guess. But it, I just feel like it's hard to sum up. It's, it's hard to sum up, honestly. Like it takes time to find the words because sometimes you're not, sometimes you're a 25 year old woman who needs to go to the new school and go to a different city before you have the exact words. Well, I mean, so you sent us a video that you had made, like a, it was like a funny TikTok video. And in that video, I'm like, wow, this is a woman who's really in touch with her culture. So that's, I think that's kind of why I brought it up. And the video yeah. is like, uh, for our listeners who haven't seen it, it's like you're playing different Persian songs, <laughs> explaining it to your uh, yeah. Sefid boyfriend. <laughs> this yeah. video made me crack up. I'm just like watching it and like, I think after we, or maybe before we post the episode, we should post this video on our story for our listeners to see. I laughed so hard. You're just like, you're so deep in the emotion because Persian music, the reason why my mom actually uh. Farsi, my mom didn't grow up speaking Farsi, oh. but when she moved to America, because she grew up in Israel, yeah. she moved to America when she was like 18 and she started listening to uh, Persian music because she was yeah. surrounded by Persians in uh, Queens because most of the... Persians who came to America at the time lived in Queens. Um, and she started listening to Persian music. And it was just so poetic and beautiful that she became so obsessed with the language. And the way you were explaining <laughs> the words <laughs> to your boyfriend, but in English, and then in English, they sound so stupid. <laughs> but it was just it's so like, great. He's just like nodding his head like, yes, yes. Like, oh, he's so supportive. And it's like, it wasn't my intention to like make like I what I wanted to show him was what we were talking about the intensity mm -hmm. of not only how we speak to each other but the intensity of how we speak on love is like yeah. on another level and I love it but I mean I'm sure you guys like feel me on this dating here in America also in this generation right where like nobody's trying to put a label on anything even it's if it's been a year at all like <laughs> yeah it's just so funny. I just like, I feel like I got all my romanticism from these songs being Iranian, but also like to like fuse sort of all the things we've been talking about together. Like I went to Iran every summer for three months. So, oh, wow. so I had what, while, while I have a hard time sometimes articulating my experiences here, um, I was, I was very proud and into being Iranian when I was like younger. Like I loved going there. I wanted to spend the whole summer there multiple times. We like asked my dad to like, you know, delay the ticket. And I was like late to school and stuff because it was like an experience of being around like kids who, you know, it was just like more comfortable for me, you know, Iran also like, 
I, I mean, I don't want to like try to explain your own yeah. like childhood to you, but like I yeah. definitely in Iran, you probably felt like you belonged more. Yeah. And your your features were more like. Look at you. You have like yeah. this beautiful, thick, like straight. <laughs> like in Iran, your hair is the my hair is like. Oh my god, this girl has curly hair. Ew. <laughs> like, your no. hair is silky and thick. No, but in Iran, like also the fact that I'm tan in Iran is not cute. Like it, like the lower class people were tan because they had to work outside. Uh, There's my grandma. That. My grandma on my mom's side, my grandma on my dad's yeah. side are very different. Like my grandma yeah. on my mom's side, yeah. she moved to Israel at 13 being pregnant. So she's like kind of more Israeli. Uh-huh. And she's more into like tan skin, crazy curly hair. So she thinks uh-huh. I look great. My I grandma on my dad's side, who's very Persian, has never been to Israel. She's really? very just old school. She's like, uh-huh. no, no, men like fair skin. Stop tanning Stop. so much. Or like, no, no, like straighten your hair, Natalie. So like, you being like fair skin and your beautiful like thick straight hair like in iran you probably felt so beautiful i mean it's so funny that you say that i mean you're you're right i did 100 feel more comfortable i know that my sister did too um i actually i i'm not meant to be fair and i have curly hair that's just in a braid it's just that i've I was on like a really harsh acne medication like throughout oh, my did you do Accutane? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, so many of my friends did Accutane. My cousin became depressed from Accutane. It's you scary know, hard. I know, but it's I, really I, intense. It was good. It was so worth it, but basically like it's it's there, it's got so many rules and it's like super dang drink, right? You can't um you have to like either take like you have to like sign a contract about like not sexual, getting pregnant. Not, yes. Yeah, yeah, because your baby will yeah. come out like with like twelve arms and fourteen eyes. Yeah. It it'll yeah. Scary. Yeah, it's it's intense. But and then also of course the mental health stuff that comes with it sometimes for people. But but you can't go in the sun at all. It's like very um skin becomes so delicate and crazy. You'll, so you'll I became pale because of because of accutane but like if you see like pictures of me when i'm little and stuff like i i'm not pale at all but um you know it might be regional because like in my family i have a lot of dark-skinned people and like we would lay out like we would like love Wait, oh my god on my dad's side they always tell like used to tell yeah. me stop tanning because they're like really kind of, like fair-skinned woman because like, you're high society or something and i'm like oh my god shut up guys i can't i'm sure i'm, I'm sure I, I yeah that sounds like an old school thing or maybe yeah. even a thing but um but even yeah, though I, I grew up in an area with a lot of Persians and a lot of uh Israelis I still felt like I still like kind of like can understand how you felt because there were still a lot of like white kids in my school and I still looked at them with their blonde silky hair and their yeah. naturally thin eyebrows that they didn't have to wax from the age of like 10 and I was like I was like, oh, the boys don't like me as much. And then when I would go to Israel, because I would go to Israel every summer, and I really felt like I belonged more there because I looked like more of the kids there. Like, my look was more typical there and more, like, like, just, like, more custom there. And, you know, what kind of diversity is that then? Like, I understand feeling outnumbered because I was as well, and I felt like my beauty standard, like, the beauty standards didn't include me. Right. But also, like, what it, what are, 
what does that mean about what we're saying that we just want to go back to a place where everyone looks like us? Like, I no, think no, no, because in Israel, like, not everyone looked like right. me. Like, a lot of people in Israel are Eastern European. There were still girls that look like that there. But I'm, I'm just saying, I look with accepted Israel. But I just think, like, as you know, we kind of have to. So you build character, you know, feeling like you were uglier because you had thick eyebrows. It builds character. Like that's why we're more. No, it, it definitely builds character. But I'm saying I'm in America, I'm fine. Like, in America, in general, I think it, it was popular. Just to, you know, those like limited two models, like the yeah. girls modeled for li- limited two. Oh, if absolutely. you didn't look like one of them, you weren't cool. The Abercrombie, yeah. Yeah, those Abercrombie. Yeah, as you got older, first it was like limited two, then it was like Abercrombie. Exactly. If you didn't look like those girls, it was like oh. But also yeah. where I grew up, I feel like, and this is what I mean about LA being slightly more diverse. Um, like as I got older, um, like, you know, middle school, for example, there were girls who transcended their looks and were popular regardless. Like they were, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, that's- Yeah, what I would say- No, of course I would say- people who deviate from the norm, but I'm saying the norm was people only thought that was pretty. Yeah. And like, we, we look, look, like, I feel like it's an important part of like your socialization as a human being to feel like you could be romantically involved with somebody at some point. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, so you're to see like everybody feel like you were included in that because of how yeah I mean I mean it affects your your confidence your self-esteem but also when you do get to that point where you finally have a relationship I'm years behind I'm years behind other people who've had these experiences already I'm having them at like 22 you know and they had them when they were like 15 16 I mean, honestly, like, I, like, even though I still grew up in a town where, like, I, I was more like the norm, I still did things much later than all of my friends. Oh, like, really? I, I just got into my first relationship now, and I'm 25. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, you know, that's really da- the dating culture now, though. I'm telling you, it's nuts. So, um, but, but, uh, oh, sorry, Millie. What did no, you want no, to say? Go ahead. No, I was going to say um, part of why um, when we saw your video, we really wanted to have you on was because this is a subject we've never really gotten to touch base on, which I'm surprised yeah. that we haven't, yeah. um, because I think it's such an important subject in our culture, but we want to talk about dating outside the culture and what it's like, yeah. and kind of the barriers that come along with that. And mm. we thought that it'd be great to hear about that from you. Yeah. Um so me and Trevor have been together a really long time. We've been together for eight years. Um, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It surprises me. It really surprises me, honestly. Um, but, you know, we're, again, not to beat a dead horse, but even after I left my hometown and moved to uh, a city, like, I, I left my hometown of Boxford. And then I moved eventually in 2009, I moved to actual downtown Boston. So not just, Bo- not just like a general location, like actual downtown Boston. Um, uh, even, even when I was there and there was more diversity there, I became involved in like improv <laughs> comedy, which I don't know if you guys know a lot about it. That's 
a very white space. I went from one white space to another, basically. And I'm not saying I don't love um, Trevor or, you know, I, I very much am like attracted to the people I've dated, but I've, I've, why I have this long intro to what I'm going to tell you about a relationship is, is like, I've only dated white guys. Like I never was around any other guy. <laughs> so I have no idea what it would be like to not date outside my culture. Like it wasn't an option for me to date within my culture. There was, I didn't have any Iranian kids around me, honestly, like around the time that I was dating, um, not my age. Or even like, no, like I honestly, like, like I said, improv's a white space. So anyways, like I met Trevor eight years ago doing improv. Um, and, you know, it, you know, at that time, I think we, even in the past two years, the society's done a lot of work um, on itself. I feel like people even like because of food culture know about Persians more because they're so into like Tadiq and like, all this stuff. But back then I would say it was hard to date in the beginning because I felt like I wanted to share my culture with him and, and my friends, but I didn't think, but there was no interest. And that bothered me because like it was, like I said, it was, it was almost my Persianist was in, escapable and in my face all the time going up that I almost like began to wear it as a badge of honor at a certain point and it was so fused with my identity that I was like you know I I wanted him to ask me about the food more or I wanted him to but you know what? That's a that's an expectation and a want I had of a lot of people around me. It wasn't just of him or other guys I dated, to be honest. Um, but then, outside of that, outside of wishing that there was like a huge desire to know my culture, I would say the only other thing that was awkward was my hairiness. Man, like scary hairy, scary hairy. Like, uh, you know, and he's, he's, he's from Cape Cod. Okay. That's like where they make white people. And <laughs> like, I remember he was like, it was literally the first night I spent over his, his, like his place. And mind you, I'm very inexperienced. He's like really the only boyfriend I've ever had in my life. Um, and I'm like, so nervous and excited because it's a big deal and like we're like laying in each other's arms and he's stroking my arm and he goes do you shave your arms and I was like I I literally felt my spirit leave my body I was like first of all I don't shave my arms. I wax them. But, like, how is that supposed to sound any better? Like, <laughs> I know. That's what, I wish I could put that on the T-shirt. First of all, I don't shave. I wax. Like, shaving is not an option when you're not hairy. <laughs> it goes down if you shave a person. Yes. So I was like, I literally didn't, I didn't know what to say or do because I was like, I think I, I, I think my silence made us both laugh and then he was like okay never mind <laughs> and he was like it's not that i care like i don't care i don't care at all i just 
I don't know, you're so soft. And I, but the damage was done. I was like, oh my, oh my God. I was like probably gone for the rest of the night mentally. Oh, that sounds traumatizing. And yeah, also, it, it's like all been there to an extent. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I, and <laughs> I feel like I'm just like repeating myself, but like, not only did, did the boys in my school make fun of my name, but like they made fun of how hairy I was. Like legit, like I would wear shorts. I remember in fourth grade wearing shorts when it was hot. And that was the last year that I wore shorts until I was allowed to shave. And I was allowed to shave for a long time because I didn't want to be made fun of like that. It's like when you're that young, anything anybody says to you, any slight, any way of you feeling like you don't belong is just like, for me, it was, it's, it was really traumatizing. But like, I don't know, that's also just like, kids like you can't really there, exactly. there's, there's always going to be one thing for them to pick on and exactly exactly i'm surprised i didn't get made more fun of for what i did to my hair when i was <laughs> nine because when i was nine i convinced my mom to let me japanese straighten my hair <gasps> Ooh. and it, it was straight. It was fine. But then I look at pictures from my yearbook and my roots started growing out. And like, as oh my God, right now I have very curly hair and it was even I love it. as a kid. <laughs> so I look at pictures. I don't understand. Like my mom was a, co- like she has a cosmetology degree. Like she did her makeup so nice she dressed so great but somehow she managed to let me leave the house looking like such i don't know like i like i looked like i didn't own a mirror or something for like most of my life and i'm like how did you let me leave the house looking like that i'm a representation of you you're supposed to make sure i look good as a kid yeah pictures of me in my yearbook and like it's like my roots like up to like here were like curly 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 and then like pin yeah. straight and i just look so stupid i'm like why did nobody oh. make fun of me oh like, were they just sparing my feelings because they felt that bad they were like wow this like bad back like we're just like let's just spare her you know what like she she has it hard enough like look at her hair. oh my god you gotta throw that you guys gotta throw up some tbt's Oh my God. Yes. Millie. Yes. Yeah. I'm not allowed back home right now because I'm not, um, feeling the best. So, um, I'm, I'm currently not home, but once I get home, let's throw, Oh wait, I have a good TBT on my phone of me when I was like three and I had a Jufro. I had a literal little Afro. Oh my God. We should definitely oh, throw you. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Like, I'd rather not. No, I'm like, I guess I'm right now in my head, like, trying to go back thinking of um, images and stuff. But yeah, that's that is a good idea. Yeah, nobody has a glow up like a brown kid. Like, oh, yeah. No, I swear, you look at all these beautiful Persian women, and then you look at their daughters, and their daughters just look like little monkeys. But then you look at them and you look at their moms and you're like, you know, one day they're going to grow into it and they're going to like wax their eyebrows. They're going to shave their legs. They're going to know how to like style their hair properly and they're going to look beautiful. But like right now they, they look like little, like, like, I just had the image of like, do you remember in Titanic in the very beginning when they're just like spraying that naked like sketch of Rose and they're just spraying it off until they can see. 
yeah. Rose's body. <laughs> it's like that's what a Persian woman is. It's like you just there's just a lot you gotta get past like a lot of like the hair and stuff and then you'll once you penetrate it, it's a lot of beauty. I think that was actually one of my comebacks. Like when I would get bullied, like there was this one girl who was really mean to me and like she would yeah, again, like bully me on the hair stuff. And I was like, look, I can wax off my hair. Like you can't wax off your ugliness. Like I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I love like, yeah. that. Be gone, but I, I love, love you. Oh. I can't help. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Yeah, so any people listening to this need some comebacks. You know? I know. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys actually separately after this phone call, I have to show you if you Google like comebacks, it's the best thing to to look up. Trust me, they're so funny. I did this last week. Oh, I feel like you we do thought a whole it. episode where we give advice to like. I hope I don't know if there's like high school or middle school Persian girls listening to us. I feel like most of the uh-huh. girls that like tune in are like in their twenties yeah. to like late thirties. Yeah, if there are any like middle school, high school girls like getting bullied? Uh-huh. Like DM us. Like we'll give you like awesome comebacks. Please. Please. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm like, you didn't hear like, my tagline from a few episodes ago. When you go low, we go lower. Uh, <laughs> uh. I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, sorry, back to um, sorry. you and your relationship. Um, <laughs> so now that you guys have been together for a while, like, I'm sure you guys have spoken about the fact that, like, it means a lot to you for him to, like, take interest in the culture and the food and the music and whatnot. Yeah. Wait, what was the question? Well, yeah, it means a lot to me. And he, it looked like. With time or, like, did you work on that? With time, I was able, because, again, this is, like, my first relationship. I'm not kidding. Like, it's my first relationship. So, like, with time, honestly, I was able to bring it up. And uh-huh. he was like, oh, like. I mean, he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, I love food. Like, look at me. Like, I love food. Of course I want to eat. Like, at that time, though, like, we were also, like, we were, like, I was 23, right? So we were still in that phase of you're out drinking. You don't really eat well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're just, like, trying to scrounge up money to, like, go out all the time. Um, so I think that was also maybe a part of it if I – because I want to be a little bit fair. But because I brought it up, I was – I was able to find out that he was interested. It's just that, to be honest, it's a lot more popular to talk about Persian culture now. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least I think so. Like, I think think that's like... It's popular to talk about any culture now. Yes, exactly. That's true. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's like, right. Anything that's like different and new, unique, like people want to be so inclusive now, and like everyone wants yeah. to be like, I love everyone, and everyone's great. And I'm like, okay, awesome. Like where were yeah. we? I was like, I when yeah, where was this in my when I was hitting puberty? Uh, <laughs> but she eyebrows are all the rage. I'm like, wow. Well, okay, wax half mine off, and they're not growing back. So I thanks. know. You guys threw up that Gucci. Didn't you guys throw up a story where it was like the eyebrows? I was oh, like, yeah. no. We made that meme. Yeah. You made that? <gasps> yeah, we make our own memes. Oh, you make all those? <laughs> I love it. That was something else. That was, but then there was the oh. Persian 
eyebrows. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. So yeah, we make our own memes. <laughs> wow, you guys are incredible. They, I have seen all of them, and I listened to the Dream podcast. I loved that one. Oh, oh. Yeah, I figured I should. I wanted to listen to the most recent just to be like, see where my where my pals are at right now. Yeah. <laughs> good move. Good move. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I have ADHD. If there's if there's like a question or a point I totally missed or I got distracted, <laughs> please let me know. Like, I'm trying to think of. Uh, oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is like something I should bring up out of the blue or if, if I should like just stop talking and. Why? It's okay. We're, we're always so bad at segues. We like pretend to know how to segue into things. Just bring it up out of the blue. I heard that in the dream one. I loved it. You were like, nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, I was thinking to myself the other day, like, um, like things that I think are funny um, when, when, Trevor is like thrown into my family mix um, because he like spent a lot of time with us in quarantine. <laughs> um, and, you know, like they don't even call him Trevor. They call him Terry because, you know, how like the Persian accent puts Maz Jobrani did it perfectly once in his standup. They put like vowels between letters. So like gangster instead of yeah. gangster. Yeah. So my mom says Terever. Oh. And she thinks the, the nickname for Ted is Teddy. Teddy June. <laughs> so she's like, Teddy June. Teddy. That's so cute. And, yeah, they like, they, they love him. I love how many extra syllables it adds to his name. Like, his name is actually like Trevor. Two syllables. With the first accent, it's Ted. Yeah, she was like, she was like, I'm not dealing with this long ass name. <laughs> how, like, how not does your family and him get along? Like, how, what does that look like? How my parents get along with Trev? Yeah. Um, my mom, it's, it's, it speaks more to their personalities. They both love him to death. My dad in general is just a quiet person. He's just a quiet person. He's going to be that way with everybody. Yeah. Um, but they really bond on um, sports a lot. A lot, a lot. I remember one time, actually, when I still lived in Boston, I went to go. I never saw a Red Sox game at Fenway, but I saw a soccer game at Fenway, which shows you how Persian I am. But we went to that. We went to the soccer game at Fenway, and my dad and my dad and Terry were talking. Trevor were talking about it. Sorry, I get tripped up trying to refer to him. <laughs> and Trevor was like, I actually think that like that game was um, like set up like. I don't know how you would say it in sports terms, but like predetermined. Uh-huh. And it's, and I feel like my dad really, I saw his eyes light up because he was like, yes, it was. He was like, it was. And then, and then from there, I just felt like they could be left alone. Like I didn't have to babysit them. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It was some soccer game that's like not a serious type of soccer game. Uh, I sound like so like, stupid but you know it was and some they both knew the culture around soccer and they both agreed that it was like rigged and that was that no that's a good bonding experience. <laughs> yeah so there was no like 
super intense meeting with your parents where he got scared away or anything like they were relatively chill besides just butchering his yeah. oh yeah my parents in life have always been chill about everything except for education mm -hmm. um so honestly once i got my degree i was i was kind of like <laughs> I was like free to do whatever, but um, like my mom who, so Trevor's a comedian, obviously I'm a comedian, but my mom is very much a comedian and I think they bond. So in that way, my mom and Trevor bond on that level. Um, but no, never, they would never were like, what are your intentions with my daughter? Um, <laughs> but, but me and Trevor, like kind of something a little bit weird about us. Circumstances were such as like, I moved in with him immediately, I think within like two months of dating him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we've been living together. We lived together like immediately. And I remember for a while, like, even though they knew I was living with him, they just pretended that I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I <know. laughs> like, I'd be like, please, like, come upstairs. Like, like nobody's home. Like, you, like, I had other roommates. Like, it wasn't just the two of us. I had other roommates. And like, I'd be like, nobody's home. Like, that's why I would say it. But, like, they were like, no, no, you know. I, I just got this. I eventually realized, like, my dad doesn't want to see, like, like the room maybe I share with Trevor. I don't know. He never said that, but that's how I felt. No, I get that. That's totally what it is. It's kind of like don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I feel like a lot of the time I was unaware that, I was in the middle straddling this line between like Trevor and my family. This, I was like, I I'm oblivious most of the time. And then I feel like one of the times I was aware was my dad was going to go to Orlando, Florida. And he was like, um, you know, I got this free hotel room. I'm going to this conference. I have to go for work. And, you know, I'll, I'll be at Disney. Like, do you want to come? And Trevor had never been to Disney, and it was his birthday. And, like, being, a, like, a struggling broke comedian in New York, I was like, oh, my God, this is the perfect op opportunity. I'll show him Disney. It's for his birthday. We never get to take trips or do anything. Like, cool. So I get him the ticket and everything. And then literally – and, you know – when I told him, I was like, surprise, we're going to Disney. He was like, oh, my God. And I thought it was more like shock. Um, and maybe it was. But when we got there the first night, I realized, oh, my God, like, it's, it's one room. It's, it's one room. I didn't expect it to be two rooms either. Like, I can't even pretend like I expected it to be two rooms. I just literally didn't think about traveling with my boyfriend and my dad. Like, I was so focused on this free on this free hotel room and we're like going to bed at night and of course i'm not going to get into bed with trevor like i realized it it all everything came crashing down on me in that one moment i was like why the fuck did you organize this what are you doing because i realized i have to get in bed with my dad and i because it was two it was like two doubles and i like just like waved to trevor from the other bed i was like what the hell like he must like, he must, like, if there was any moment where he was like, I have to have out, I need to get out of the relationship, it had to be that. <laughs> wow, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Oh my God. yeah, like, I really, I, I, I swear to God, it did not even occur to me till it was like, 
all right, we're all like winding down. And I like just saw the two beds and I was faced with the decision. I was like, oh my God, this is, this is sucks. This is so awkward. What am I doing? Why did I do this? Do I sleep with my dad or my boyfriend? <laughs> and I knew the aunt, like I was mad. Cause I was like, obviously I have to sleep with, I have to sleep with my dad for the same reason. He can't even come up to my apartment. I was like, oh my God. It was waving to Trevor from the other bed was so crazy. <laughs> That that one foot canyon between us, <laughs> like was so it's so crazy. And again, I like goes back to my ADHD. I swear, sometimes I, I can be so impulsive and I get so excited about things, and I, I get to the moment, and then I realize the logistics of the situation, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> like that. That's when I was like, I love you so much. I love you so so much, Trevor. Sounds like he's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most Persian story ever. Like, I looked at the bed with my dad in it and my boyfriend in it, and I knew I had to choose my father. <laughs> That's amazing. It's like, I, I feel like it's like a Persian man if, like, their mom and their wife was, like, hanging by one hand on a cliff. Like, they... <laughs> That's when you know you got to choose your mom. Like you can only save one. Your your mom and your wife. It's like you know those like uh, really stupid questions people ask. If your mom and your wife like fell off a boat and you only have one life raft, who do you yes. think you? Like obviously, like every Persian man is gonna throw it to his mama. Oh my god, that's you can so get a new funny. wife. You can't get a new mom. <laughs> oh my god. My mom has said something like that to me before. I swear to God, like in the, in the heat of an argument. I'd be like, well, you do this. And she's like, well, I can have more kids. You only have one mom. And yeah. me and my sister, like, that's one of her iconic quotes, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's legendary. But I love that. I love that. That's so true. Like, he would have to pick it. <laughs> Holy shit. The thing about Persian culture, it's all about respect for the parents. Yeah, big time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that is why I have a degree is out of respect. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the time, like, like, like friends would ask me, like, why do you have to do this? You don't have to do anything. And I'm like, do you understand what it's like having Middle Eastern parents? Like, yeah, you have to do things sometimes. Right. And it's like, and then you, and then also, and I've heard other, you know, kids, first generation kids say that it's, it's also realizing that you're, that what they're asking for will always be so little compared to what they've done for you. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, abso absolutely. I will be on hold with Comcast for you for the whole day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I can't believe sometimes that my parents, you know, do you ever have a moment where like, you feel like such a baby and you're like, my God, my dad, my dad came here alone during the hostage crisis as a Persian man. And like, why, why I'm such a baby. Like what they've done is incredible. Yeah. I always feel that. I feel like an imposter. Yeah. 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 Same. I feel like in certain other cultures, like it's normal for kids to like bring their significant other home, even if it's been after like a few weeks of seeing each other and like parents are used to seeing different boyfriends and girlfriends around the house. And like, I feel like in Persian culture, it's almost like 
if you're not getting engaged, like if you're not like serious about this person, do not introduce them to me because that's um, disrespectful. I I get that. I get that. And I've actually heard my best friend's Korean. Um so I feel like I I feel that from a lot of cultures that aren't white. Um and you know what? I wish I knew. I would I mean, if I had dated other people i might have a better sense of how they might have felt about it but maybe maybe it's easier for them that it's been the same person you know yeah we're not married we're not yeah but but for them it's been like so many years i think they understand that like you guys are serious it's not like you're bringing different guys home and you're like dating different people every few months yeah so i agree with that it's probably like they can feel out how serious something is but yeah. you guys are both comedians. It's like sort of an anomaly. I don't know. Yeah, it it like I know um from being on the scene, quote, like uh like it's really incestuous, kind of like working in a restaurant, like everybody dates each other. Um so there's a lot of like comedian couples, but as we've gotten older, well, like successful like, ones, I mean. Yeah, like, I know, oh. like I, I'm familiar with that, but I feel like it isn't actually like Sarah Silverman and Jimmy Kimmel. Like, where did that go? Oh, I know. Sarah Silverman dated Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, yeah. Long time. yeah. She also talked about how like she felt comfortable with her body hair around Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, interesting. I didn't know. That. I know that stuck in my mind. Always. It's actually, it's funny because. Like the Kardashians, like Scott Disick always makes fun of Kourtney Kardashian's hairy body. Right? He does? Yeah, doesn't he always say, like, you guys are so hairy? Like, I only saw like one episode of it. Oh, I don't, I don't follow like the Kardashians, but like, I know that that's been like a common thing where he'll be like, oh, you guys are so hairy. Like, what a hairy. Oh, family. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Yeah, I feel like. That was pretty much any any issue I might have had um, dating wise was mostly something that I felt inside of me like like so this type of like body dysmorphia that I that I had. It wasn't more. It was it was less. It was more that and less a clash of cultures. Interesting. Yeah, because but it was still to this like super American, like white. And I like, and I loved, like, when every, every summer that I would go to a run, like, I obviously had, like, crushes on people and stuff like that. But, like, there was just nobody around. Like, I would go home. I mean, and that'd be it. It would just, you know, I would be open to dating anybody. It just so happens that I, like, I fell in love with, like, a person that I was around, but I was in a lot of white spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're glad we got to have you on our Persian space. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I loved it. And I love it that you guys are doing this. And I'm such a fan. I'm so glad I just found you guys in general, let alone got to be on it and talk to you guys. Yeah, we'll let our listeners know like how they could find you if you're doing any comedy shows yeah, or in the age of COVID. But Yeah, I mean... Uh, I've sort of gathered all my stuff in one place on my website. So you can see my writing on my website, uh, which is Um, 
my Instagram um, is not going to have any of my writing. It's not going to have any of like my perspectives really on being Persian. I put that more into like my writing. Um, but yeah, my comedy, like stupid videos and especially stuff about like how crazy my dad is, my Persian dad. Um, you can follow me at Sav Ash Elmi on Instagram. Right, Sometimes well, I don't know if I should spell it or not. It seems like a mouthful. We'll put the link in our description. Uh, yeah. Link in description. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys so much.